It was an industrial stunner. Nippon Steel, uh, one of the largest Japanese steel manufacturers, I think it's number two globally, um, announcing a $14 billion deal to buy U.S. Steel, a company that was the industrial spine of this country uh, from the turn of the century. Uh, Carnegie. Uh, I mean, it, it, is a, it is a global historic um, landmark in the industry. So what is the trickle down on that, especially for a town like ours that not only runs on oil, but we run on steel with the automotive industry. Let's check in with Michael Robinette, Executive Director of Automotive Advisory Services at S&P Global Mobility. Michael, good morning. Uh, good morning, sir. How are you? Very good. Enjoyed seeing you at the Chamber event last week. Uh, this uh, Didn't see this one coming for sure. Before we get into the fallout, just tell me where we are with automakers in steel. I mean, the American Steel Index this morning on the NICE is at an all-time high. What has happened to, to prices? We know there's a lot of protectionism in the steel industry. Where has it led us? Well, uh, there was a time where a lot of people were, were writing off steel. They thought that aluminum was going to take over, let's call it, take over the vehicle from a structural and from an exterior perspective. Uh, aluminum has made some some movement, but steel is is really maintained its position and and continues to, uh, you know, be as you mentioned earlier, the backbone of the automotive industry from a structural perspective. What are the uh, oppositions to this deal? Uh, a lot of people have come out, including senators, saying this is this is not right. Steel is about security in this nation. Well, I, I would, certainly I'm not an ex, uh, equity analyst, but I, you know, certainly from a from a position of technology and control, uh, you know, when it comes to chips, steel, and a lot of the basics of, of manufacturing, um, certainly you know this country needs to be uh, at it, at that point. But you know, Nippon Steel is, is a large player, has been for many many years, and uh, you know, and and steel has become very global. Uh, we saw. Uh, you know, ArcelorMittal, we, we've seen Nippon Steel continue to get larger. Um, it, it, it's all scale. The steel industry is all about scale and, and being able to, uh, you know, reduce fixed costs per, uh, per, per ton. You know, the um, uh, blast furnaces that these steel plants operated by U.S. Steel, uh, they, they are pretty costly to operate compared with uh, some of these more modern facilities. Will this be an issue? Well, you're exactly right, and you've got also a lot of newer um, uh, furnaces uh, that are, are driven electrically and and are, are smaller and have a, a little bit more flexibility. So certainly some of the larger, more traditional styles of steelmaking, and again, I'm not a, 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 an expert 100% more in the automotive industry, but certainly uh, scale is everything, and, and if you've got the fixed costs of having that uh, that steel furnace active for seven days a week, 24 hours a day, you have to find a way to sell that steel. And and so therefore, when utilization may be declining, that becomes a pretty significant issue. We know that in, in the automotive industry now, traditionally you have the steel that's used in frames, things like that, but now there's electrical steel that's used in electrical engines as well. So there's some niche impacts here. When you look at this overall, Michael, is this going to lead to greater competition and benefit the the uh, auto industry or are we taking a competitor out of the mix and and will it lead to higher prices well uh, you uh, you hit the nail on the head with electrical steel that that is something that's been established as uh, a a 
commodity that's in short supply in the future, especially if as we electrify the automotive fleet, even if we do it at a slightly slower rate than what might be expected. Um, but, but certainly electrical steel and laminated steel are, 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 are really, really key. And they have, they have different build processes that are uh, a lot more expensive, a lot more complicated. Um, so, you know, certainly scale economies can be very important there. So sometimes, uh, I'm not sure if a, a competitor is being taken out because, you know, Nippon Steel is a player in that space, but not, but, but U.S. is an up-and-coming player as well. Um, there is more capacity coming on in that space, but, but nonetheless, uh, it, it's important to get it up and running. Uh, Cleveland Cliffs is a, a competitor, and they've been raising steel prices since the end of the auto worker strike. So it seems like prices are headed in that direction. Well, uh, you got to remember, steel is is still a uh, you know it, it's a it's a global commodity. Prices move up and down. Um, wh- what you're going to find is that you know demand and demand and supply is going to really drive where where the price is going. If there's if there's more supply, certainly the uh, price will decline as the automakers have come back since the strike and have needed to especially ramp up uh, you know high profit vehicles, which are usually larger vehicles that needs more steel. So there's those aspects. I think that the European market also has its own complications when it comes to steel. So the steel prices do move up and down with demand and supply, no matter how many competitors are in it. Michael, as we transition into EVs, how much will steel play a part in that? Steel will actually play a very large part. A lot of people are, are not aware, but the, the, the battery boxes, as we call them, or battery cases that, that hold the batteries underneath the vehicle, many times they are steel, especially in, in North America. Uh, in Europe, they tend to be a little bit more uh, towards aluminum or aluminum cast, but, but steel plays a very, very large part in, in EVs in North America. So steel is going to be a, still a very, very important material choice for, uh, for electric vehicles in North America. Michael Robinette uh, with S&P Global Mobility. You know, back on 2018, uh, Donald Trump uh, in an anti-globalist kind of move put a 25% tariff on foreign steel. He said this was a national security protection. It also protected American workers from cheap foreign imports. And yet the U.S. steel workforce has shrunk from 22,000 at the end of 2022 from 29,000. So 7,000 fewer people working in the industry. So in the final analysis... Would this deal be happening but for those tariffs? Did that drive Nippon into the arms of, or I should say U.S. Steel, into the arms of, of, uh, of Nippon Steel? Um, I'm not sure of all those dynamics, but we've got to remember what happened to production volume since 2018. 2018 was, was one of the largest years or highest years for vehicle production in North America. Um, since then, obviously, 2019, we had a GM strike, and then we certainly had COVID and chips and all types of other supply issues that have happened since 2019. So volumes have really not been where they were back in, at, that, at that point. More vehicles, more steel. Uh, so certainly, utilization has been an issue, and, and we've seen that. And where competitors possibly get into trouble financially, uh, they, they require, you know, they may, they may put themselves up for sale and look for a new suitor. That, that's, that's probably what occurred in this case. Yeah, I mean, I, there's some irony here that they were hoping to avoid this, uh, but it's actually ended up with, with Japan now owing this very uh, important asset. So in the final analysis, good thing, bad thing for our auto industry. 
You know, guy. To be honest with you, it, it's it's one of one of both. Uh, you, you could say it's 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 a good thing. Maybe it'll drive more scale. Uh, it's a bad thing. Obviously, it's 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 an icon in in the United States that's mm-hmm. been around for decades and decades. Uh, there's there's obviously a control factor, but there's there's also a profitability factor that has to be considered. So for the automakers, uh, you know, they'll they'll come they'll purchase their steel from whoever they can. Uh, and and they'll they'll look for scale, and that's really what happens in the automotive industry. Right, and scale can help bring down those prices that have been exactly so stubbornly high. Uh, Mike Robinette, uh, good to see you. Have a wonderful holiday, and uh, thanks for being with us. All right, we'll continue to follow this in the new year when we come back. It's a very important day for our area's homeless. We'll tell you how you can help and who's doing the helping at six forty nine on News Talk seven sixty WJR.